0: Try not to chase some rabbits today. I found this sitting in my chair, and I take it as a hint to get up and speak up and shut up. It must be for taping mouths. I'm not sure put another hint up there, huh? or in Matthew chapter seven. We've been looking at the commands that the Lord gave in his three and a half years of public ministry, trying to fulfill part of the requirement of the Great Commission where it says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And today uh, we come to a very challenging passage, at least for me, or oh, one verse and verse twelve, Matthew chapter seven, and verse twelve. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. This is familiar to many of you, and actually familiar to most of the world uh, that has been associated with Christianity. It's become known as uh, the golden rule. It's a very understandable. We won't have to break down the words uh, in it. Uh, there's no mystery there. Uh, It's what we often break down to say, do unto others as you'd have others do unto you. And if this verse was followed by humanity and faithfully obeyed by the people of the world, all wars would cease. Personal fights would be done away with. And our world would become a place of peace and harmony. But uh, that's not the case. Our world is not a place of peace and harmony. And the following of this verse is neglected uh, by both the lost and those who are born again. And so if I would just take time in my quietness of my home or my quiet time and look at this verse, I think that if I am honest, and I should be honest before God, I'd see that I've fallen far short of keeping it. It ought to cause us to be humble before the Lord and realizing how we've fallen short. It ought to cause us to fall on our knees and ask for forgiveness for forgiveness uh, disobeying it and I think it uh, it caused us to see that what's requested here goes way beyond our own ability which would require us to depend upon his grace and the inner working in our lives of the Holy Spirit Many times when I've uh, been out evangelizing and and knocking doors or just talking to people, uh, people claim to be a Christian and that's usually followed up by them saying, I keep the golden rule. I do unto others as I'd have others do unto me. But the very statement for someone to say that I keep the golden rule shows you that he he has no understanding of what it means. And that he himself has fallen far short of the glory of God. And so let's just consider this. And, and uh, though it's not found in the Bible, uh, it does say the golden rule. And, and it's, not, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good description of, of this verse. And particularly we'll note that word rule. What is a Rule. Well, rules are something that are standards to live by, authoritative, they're principles. In a football game, there are certain rules that you have. Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy and trying to use the illustration of athletics, he said, and if a man strive for masteries, yet he is not not crowned, except he strive lawfully. And so, uh, when we talk about a rule, uh, rules, rule is a is a standard. It's uh it's what we should live up to. It's it's uh it shows us the mark that we should try to go for. But also a rule is like a ruler, and uh, it's a measurement. And if I'd ask each of you to take your hands and and. And show me what a foot is, what 12 inches is this morning. Uh, We would go around and measure and probably, maybe by chance, a couple of us would be close or maybe even the same. But how do we tell what 12 inches is? Well, we need a rule. There needs to be a standard. And in fact, uh, I think it's in Washington, D.C., they have uh, the standards of what is really a gallon. What is a certain amount? And there's, there's a standard in our world. And uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, actually filling stations have to have their pumps calculated at least once, a, you know, maybe once a year, at least a c- couple of years. They have to have it calculated to make sure that a gallon is a gallon. And if you're uh, pumping, I know this from my working for my father, if you're pumping a gallon of diesel, it's gonna be different in volume than a gallon of gasoline because it has to be calculated to the viscosity of the fuel. But but the problem, what I'm saying is this, is that uh, there has to be a rule. And when we talk about this rule here, not only does it give us a, a, a standard, but it also gives us a measurement And so we want to say, well, I wonder how I'm doing as a child of God, as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Well, here's a rule. And if we're willing to lay our lives down in front of it, it'll measure us. And uh, we may find that we don't meet the standard. And so uh, the golden rule a good term now look at look at here as it says in verse 12 therefore and you've been around enough to know that when you see the word therefore the little saying is that we ask what what is it therefore why why is therefore therefore why is it why why is therefore there for what what is the purpose of therefore and in an immediate context here in chapter 7, it's, it's talking about hypocritical judgment there in the first five verses, and it's talked about asking and seeking and knocking that we talked about last week, and how that God wants to give us the good things, and He wants to give us the best things, and so when we ask and seek and knock only for those things which are material, uh, a lot of the times the Lord's not going to give it to us. Or it may be that we pester him so much that he said, okay, go ahead and have it. And we talked about how the Israelites did that, and God gave them their desire there in the wilderness, but he sent leanness to their soul, which is much more detrimental than being without material things. And so the therefore, I think if we really take our time and look at this, you'll see that the therefore... Pretty much encompasses all the Sermon on the Mount. If you go back to chapter 5 and verse 17, Jesus said there, Think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And then if you go to chapter 7 again and verse 12, Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. And so he begins there in the Sermon on the Mount, saying that that he didn't come uh, he he didn't come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. And then chapter seven and verse twelve, getting towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and what's going to follow is going to be kind of some invitations and drawing of the net after this sermon, but. He he's uh, he's kind of put one book in on one end and one on the other, and the term the law and the prophets are found there. And so, so therefore, he says, if you want to keep these commandments, these these things that I've said in this sermon on the mount in relationship to people, well, do to them what you would want done to yourself. it's, uh, it's uh, many things are covered there. In, in uh, uh, chapter 5 and verse 21, he, he's, he says that we shouldn't be angry without a cause. Uh, in chapter 5 and verse uh, 27, he says, uh, y- You have heard it was said unto them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. And, and he goes through the different laws. Of adultery and different laws of murder, and we wouldn't want someone to murder us, and so of course we wouldn't, shouldn't want to murder them. Then we, if we wouldn't want someone to be angry with us, so angry that they would want to strike out us, then we shouldn't be angry with them. In chapter uh, seven, and, uh, I mean five and verse uh, twenty-seven. Uh, This is where we talk about adultery and we wouldn't want someone to use us to meet their own gratifications. We wouldn't want someone to treat our wives, or daughters in a a lustful manner. And so we shouldn't do that to others. In chapter 533, we're not to make vows rashly. We're just to say yes and no. And if we somebody we ask somebody something and they say, yes, I'll do that, then uh, we would expect their word to be their bond. And if someone asks something of us, then we ought to respond in them the same way that we expect to be responded to, that our word would be our bond. In chapter 5 and verse 38, uh, talks about suing at law, and whosoever the compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. If we would expect someone to go the second mile, then we ought to expect to go the second mile. And so the whole context here, and uh, we could don't want to go back and preach all the Sermon on the Mount again, But the whole context is the the keeping of the golden rule is found in the Sermon on the Mount. And as he said, that for this is the law and the prophets. You see, uh, what Jesus is teaching in the Sermon on the Mount involves people. How we deal with people. The ministry is a wonderful place to serve except for people. But that's what it's about. Christianity is a wonderful thing to have. It's insurance in heaven. But it involves people. The Lord wants us to involve people. That He wants us to be different. That He doesn't want us to just do the minimum. He doesn't want us just to show up on Sunday morning and put our tithe in. That's easy. That's not Christianity. Christianity is to be Christ like. And so he he, uh, is calling upon us to personalize this rule. You see here when he says in verse 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever you are that men should do to you. uh, What is that word, men? Well, it's mankind. It's people in general. Perhaps in your life you've been caught in a situation that's been very awkward. Perhaps you've been caught off guard by some insensitive act that someone did to you. Or perhaps someone has asked of you something that you could not give them. Or perhaps you've been offended in some way. Someone's acted very insensitive toward you. The question is, how should you respond? I was talking to Chris about what I was teaching this morning. And I say, in Eastern Oregon, the response is, if they hit you, you hit them back harder. That's kind of the uh, modus of operation for people. They did this to me, so I'm gonna do this to them. They plowed my driveway shut, hmm. Let's get my snowblower, we'll go fix that situation. But the question is, uh, what would I want people to do to me? I think we all, on the very fundamental basis, fundamental down to the rock-bottom core of our lives, we want people to love us or at least like us and to treat us with respect, no matter what you said or what you've done? Don't we want people to look beyond what we've done and the surface of the moment and to see the real us? Maybe that wouldn't be so good after all, but Mm. wouldn't we want people to assume the best about us? And to put our actions in the best motive? Wouldn't you want people to tell only what's true about you? And not spread rumors or gossip or maybe even not tell what's true about you because it wouldn't do him any good or you any good. Well, that's what we should do to others. What about when we disagree, and we heartily disagree? There's a controversy. Don't you want someone to hear you out? Have you ever been talking to someone, and you know that they're only waiting for you to take a breath so they can get back in there? And you never did that to someone else, have you? In the heat of the moment, you don't care what they're saying. You're going to get, I'm going to get my point across. Well, wouldn't we want someone to listen and try to understand and ask questions and try to find out what are you really saying? Well, if that's the case, then that's what we should do. Do unto others as we would have others... Due to us. If you were in a real need of some help of some kind wouldn't you want uh, someone to notice your situation and without having you you having to go and and with being humbled, request for them to help. But well, Wouldn't we want someone to notice our need and gladly come and say, hey, I see you're having problems here, let me, let me help you. That's what we'd want. We wouldn't want to be humbled to the point of you know, embarrassment. But what a joy if someone would say, hey, I've noticed that you're having a little trouble here. Let me help you. Well, if that's what we want, shouldn't we do it to other people? If you've sinned against someone or offended them in some way and you have sincerely asked their forgiveness, Wouldn't you want for forgiveness to be granted? And wouldn't you want that matter to be put behind you and forgotten? And not brought up in the next heated discussion? Wouldn't you want to move towards peace with a person And to welcome them. Well, if that's what we want, then when people ask forgiveness, we should forgive them. It doesn't mean things can always be the same because people reap what they sow. But it does mean we can't hold a grudge against them. It does mean we don't let them go around with a big question mark over their head the rest of their life from us. We wouldn't want that. And the Lord says very clearly here, therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them? For this is the law and the prophets. Now I want you to see the uniqueness of this rule. Throughout society, but even before the Sermon on the Mount and after the Sermon on the Mount, we find in the Greeks and the Romans uh, a same kind of wording, similar wording, but with a distinct difference. I'm going to read you what they say about five different people here, six different people. And I want you to see where the difference lies. Some of you have heard of Hilel, a rabbi prophet, a Jewish prophet. I mean a Jewish uh, rabbi, not a prophet. He said, what is hateful to yourself due to no other? In an ancient Jewish writing called the Letter to Aristides, an Egyptian king was said to have asked a group of Jewish scholars what the summation of the teaching of wisdom would be. And one scholar said, as you wish that no evil should befall you, but to be a partaker of all good things, so you should act on the same principle towards your subjects and offenders that no evil would befall you. In the apocryphal book, the Tobit, it says, "What thou thyself hatest, do no man to no man do." Confucius was asked if there was one word that would serve as a rule for practice in all life, and he replied, "Is it not?" Recipios, reciprocity. I guess I pronounced that right, which is given in the same, would be such a word. What you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. Epicetus, a Greek philosopher, said, What you avoid suffering yourself, seek not to inflict upon others. And the Stoics, a group of Jews, what you do not want to be done to you, do not do to anyone else. What's the difference, huh? Yeah, it's all about it's all about not doing bad. It's uh, all stated in the negative. What you don't want done, don't do to others. Because you see, in, the, in, the, in that context, what I don't want done, don't do to others. I can fulfill that and do absolutely nothing. I don't have to do anything. But Jesus is saying, no, this needs to be a positive thing. Instead of, uh, if I seek to actively do to others what I want them to do to me as I see it and the Lord brings it to my attention. I don't think it's talking about we should be the world's welfare system. But at times God opens our eyes to the needs of people in and outside the church. And the the Bible already commends Uh, that we should help those in the household of faith. They they ought to be priority. But it's telling us to be active. And when we see a need and God's brought to our attention a need, we ought to ask ourselves, if I was sitting there, you know, there used to be a song, I don't know, some hippie sang it, Walk a Mile in My Shoes. And uh, it's kind of this message Walk a mile in my shoes. What, what are you going through and helping them? And so I, it requires me to be active, that I just can't go through this world and have things revealed to me and, uh, and say, have a Merry Christmas. Be warmed and be filled. I'll see you in New Year's. This rule, this command from our King opens up a new area of responsibility to me. Suddenly, when I see this rule, I have to think, I have to evaluate. Sometimes in, I feel like, I feel this way when I, you, I don't know if you know, but on Fridays I work with the Fairbanks Food Bank and we distribute food to five different families out here. Some of them are perpetual. And I don't know really if we're doing them any good. And we live in a society which doesn't really let us do people good sometimes because you know what the greatest motivator to get off your butt and work is? Hunger. Hunger. And so, I must evaluate. And when I see a need, and suddenly, when I... See this verse. It's going to challenge me to love my neighbor as myself. And uh, that is a challenge because I I love myself pretty good. This makes me consider seriously what Paul said in Philippians. He said, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory but in the lowest of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That actually, we have a responsibility to notice people's lives and to look on their needs. Let's read some verses here Romans 13 and verse 8 Romans 13:8 Owe no man anything but to love one another it's a debt For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law for this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And then in Galatians 5.14, Galatians five fourteen for all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then back in Matthew twenty two Matthew twenty two and thirty-seven Well, verse 36, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so we come To the crisis moment. Our king has said. Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you. Do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. They used to have a bracelet that they wore. uh, Probably 10 years ago. WWJD what would Jesus do? And so, I would say to you that as we come to this crisis moment, a moment for response, a crisis moment, as I told you before, in a, medical way. The doctor would say, well, he's at the crisis moment. He'll he'll either get better or he's going to go worse. We're at the very moment of crisis. And so oftentimes when preaching is, comes and speaks to our heart or a daily devotion or in this Sunday school lesson and it's laid at our heart, do I really care about others and to want to respond to them, as the Lord says here, it brings a crisis moment. And most of the time, we say, well, I'll deal with that tomorrow. Well, I'll just wait till till uh, something really happens and I really see, and then I'll, I'll reevaluate that. But I think what we need to realize is this, is that that, uh, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself is the second commandment. It's not the first commandment. And the first commandment is, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and all thy mind. And when this world's people become just slow cars in front of us that need to get out of the way, just get out of the way, then it's a good indication that uh, there's a problem with the first commandment. because God loved us when we were unlovable. And the fact of the matter is, until I settle that issue, until he becomes first, I'm a branch that's not really connected to the vine. And the ability to love others as a Lord is not coming through the branches. I'm not getting sustenance from God. I'm not plugging into the Holy Spirit. And this world is going on its merry way straight to hell because uh, they do not see anything that resembles Jesus Christ in our lives. But the king says, this is what the king says. This is a law, this is an imperative that comes down from heaven. This is what Jesus Christ, the God of creation, walking on the earth, commanded us. You need to do to other people what you would like done to you When you're in the same situation. And that's not going to happen until I love the Lord thy God with all my heart and all my soul and all my might. We don't like that because we want to make it an issue between us and them. Well, you don't know what they said to me. I'll never forgive you for that. And the problem is not them. The problem was us. And our relationship to our God. And so, it just seems like for me as I study these commands one after another, one after another, one after another, you know, my toes just kind of get healed up. And then (laughs) I get them stomped on again. Yes, we need to teach about eternal security. We need to teach about church truth. We need to teach about missions. It's all involved there. But let me tell you that Christianity is not just what is up here. But it's what meets the road as you travel down the road and people get in your way. Could it be that they're in our way by divine appointment? All right, my toes are sore, (laughs) and you're dismissed.